Welcome to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm JW. And today, we'll be recapping a thrilling, amazing divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I know, in my opinion, this was probably the best weekend of football I have ever seen. All four games went down to the wire. All four games ended with a walk, either a walk-off field goal or a walk-off touchdown. You think it was just as great as I did? Yeah, this was an amazing weekend for football. Every game was three points except for uh, the Bills Chiefs that went into overtime. So, I mean, this, this was truly some amazing football. Every single game was tight, went down to the wire. It was great to watch. Yeah, so you mentioned that game. Let's talk about that game because people are talking about this game like one of the greatest games in NFL history. The Chiefs played the Bills in Kansas City and won 42-36. to As you mentioned, the game went into overtime. And what was most amazing about this game was the final two minutes because the Bills were trailing 26-21. to And then on fourth down and 13, Josh Allen hits Gabriel Davis on a touchdown. The Bills are up. It looks like the Bills are going to win. But then all of a sudden... The Chiefs immediately strike back with a long touchdown to Tyree Kill, who runs past the entire defense. And then, another plot twist, the Bills drive all the way down the field. Josh Allen hits Gabriel Davis again. Gabriel Davis ended with four touchdowns in that game. Yeah, Gabriel Davis, I mean, he really didn't do that much during the season. 35 receptions during the full season. Um, But in this game, wow. He was special. Four touchdown catches, over 200 yards. He could be a star for Buffalo going into the future um, after this game. Yeah, I mean, those four touchdowns, that's an NFL playoff record. So, uh, but then, so the Bills were up by three points. There were 13 seconds left, and everyone's thinking the Bills are going to the AFC Championship game. The AFC Championship game is going to be in Buffalo, and the Bills are going to be Super Bowl favorites. But it turns out 13 seconds was too much time for Patrick Mahomes, who took two plays to drive all the way down the field, get 44 yards with two quick passes to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and ultimately put his team in a position to tie the game with a 50-yard Harrison Butker field goal. I mean, where to start with this game? There's a ton to talk to, but what do you think of it overall? I mean, this this was amazing, especially the end of a game. It was electric to watch this um, this ending. It was insane. The final two minutes had so much action in it. Um, I mean, it's awesome that we get to see these two teams with two great quarterbacks, great offenses in their prime, just battling it out against each other. This Buffalo Bills versus Kansas City Chiefs rivalry. Today is one of the best rivalries we're ever going to see between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was kind of disappointing the very end because it went into overtime, and obviously Mahomes was playing so well that he just drove down the field. The Bills couldn't stop him, and the Chiefs won. And a lot of people have been complaining about the NFL overtime rules, and I get that because it is unfair that the Chiefs got the ball and Josh Allen in the Bills never did but i mean just overall an incredible game i don't think the fact that 
the Bills didn't get a chance to respond should overshadow how great of a game this was. And from the Bills' perspective, even though they lost, I think they should be really proud of what they did, especially their offense and especially Josh Allen. Because before this game, there were still a lot of question marks surrounding Josh Allen. Sure, he puts up big numbers and he's great both throwing and running, but there are a lot of questions about his consistency and whether he really is on that same level as a Patrick Mahomes. And I think this game proved to the whole world that Josh Allen is, if not at the level of Mahomes, just a little bit below it because he was absolutely phenomenal in this game. He threw for four touchdowns. He ran for numerous first downs, basically carried the Bills on his back. Do you think, like, this proves that Josh Allen is on the same level as Mahomes as I do? Yeah, I think he I think he definitely is. And if not, I mean, he is right there on the doorstep. Josh Allen, he had a great season. And this game, wow, I mean, uh, 27 of 37, 329 yards and four touchdowns. He was amazing. But he also ran the ball so well. He's such a great runner. He's huge. He's a bruiser, kind of like Cam Newton uh, in his prime. He would just run defensive backs and linebackers over. And he's still very elusive out in the open field. And the way they were using him, when they got into a fourth and short situation, having that extra runner in the backfield was so great. They were, you know, motioning the, the running back out, making it look like a pass, and then, you know, QB draw, QB sweep. Uh, it was just a great use of him, and he's really like an all-around threat to a defense in any way. He'd take the top off the defense with the deep ball and run, and he's very accurate. Um, he's just a great all-around quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think that Cam Newton comparison is great, except he has a much, much better arm than Cam Newton. Whereas Cam Newton struggled to make certain throws, Josh Allen can make every throw, and he's great at doing it. And just to kind of give you an idea of how well Josh Allen played in these playoffs, I think this is like, I'm going to read you the stats really quickly. And just so you can see that this might have been one of the greatest postseasons for a quarterback ever, even though he only played two games and he lost one of them. So in the end, Josh Allen ended up with a 77.4 completion percentage, 637 yards, 10.3 yards per attempt, which is just insane. Think about that. Every single time Josh Allen dropped back to throw, on average, he would get 10.3 yards in attempt. He ended with nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 149 pass rating. And this wasn't against some bad regular season teams. This was against Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, and a really good Kansas City defense that was really the best defense in the second half of the season. So even though Josh Allen lost, this is not on him at all. This is more on the Bills' defense because they were the number one defense and they really did not show up. Yeah, Bills' defense just did not play well. It seemed like Patrick Mahomes was really getting his way with the defense, except they did play a good third quarter. I'll admit that. They gave the offense time to come back in the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, money time, I mean, they couldn't stop the Chiefs from going 50 yards in like eight seconds. It was – it was pretty pitiful performance by this Bills defense that is known to be very good, especially in the past. They have good defensive backs. They're known to get to the passer pretty well, and they just really weren't doing that in the in the real crunch time situations in the game. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of disappointing from the Bills defense, but at the same time, 
what a performance from Patrick Mahomes. And I know he's kind of been overshadowed by the ending and the controversy surrounding overtime and also Josh Allen's performance, but he was phenomenal in this game. He threw for three touchdowns, ran for another one, and I still can't get my head around the fact that 13 seconds was too much time to give Patrick Mahomes to drive down the field to tie the game. That is unbelievable. And beyond Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were phenomenal. I think we need to start wondering whether this trio of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill is the best three-headed monster in the history of the NFL. Because, I mean, truly, there is no way to stop them. So, now that we've talked about that incredible, incredible game, let's talk about another phenomenal game. And what was especially great about this game was the second half. It was the Buccaneers and the Rams in Tampa Bay. For a while there, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. The Rams were up 27-3 to midway through the third quarter, reminiscent of when the Patriots were down 28-3 to with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. But Tom Brady, just like he did against the Falcons, found a way to get his team back in it, albeit with some help from the Rams, who did fumble four times, and he ultimately tied the game. It was 27-27. to The Rams could have knelt and gone to overtime, but they chose to play for the win. Matt Stafford hit Cooper Cup on back-to-back long passes. Matt Gay kicked the game-winning field goal, and the Rams are moving on to the NFC Championship game. What do you think of this game? Yeah, I mean, come on. The Rams just need to not put the ground ball on the ground at all next game. Cam Akers was terrible running the football. I get that they had to do it late in the game when they were winning and try and stall out the clock, but wow, they need someone else, or Cam Akers needs to step up because he had two fumbles in crunch time that pretty much was almost giving the game away to the Buccaneers. Uh, he didn't run the ball well. I think he only averaged like two yards of carry, which is pretty pitiful. And, I mean, really the Rams should just throw the ball to OBJ and Cooper Cup every time. I mean, the Rams basically left the door open for the Bucks to get back into the game. You mentioned Cam Akers fumbles. Cooper Cup also had a big fumble, and he never fumbles. And the center snapped the ball over Matt Stafford's head. And all the while... This time, the Bucs couldn't really take advantage of it until the end. And I think this just goes to show how special Tom Brady's comeback was back in the Super Bowl. Because in that Super Bowl, the Falcons didn't fumble four times, right? They had one fumble at the end of the game. Matt Ryan didn't throw any interceptions. And yet, Tom Brady still found a way back into the game. So I think, obviously, disappointing for the Bucs. But we have to appreciate how how hard it is to come back from such a hard deficit and how Brady is able to consistently do it and do it in the biggest moments. And I think though Brady lost and didn't have a really good game, I think we can all agree that this doesn't feel like his last game. I know other seasons when he's won the Super Bowl or when he's lost playoff games, sometimes it's felt like maybe he might retire. But I know from my perspective, I don't feel like he's going to retire at all. I definitely think that he's going to come back. He's going to try to get revenge. And we all know Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl every other year. He won in 2014, 2016, 2018, and 2020. 
So the NFL better watch out for 2022. Yeah, they definitely better watch out next year. He's going to be on a revenge tour. Uh, I know his contract, I'm pretty sure, was up this year, but I don't see him going anywhere except for the Buccaneers uh, with that great defense, amazing weapons. Chris Godwin this year was injured. I'm sure they can get someone to replace Antonio Brown. And, I mean, this team is still just as scary as ever to face. This is not a team you'll ever want to see in the NFC uh, playoffs if you're if they still have Tom Brady at the helm. Absolutely. And now that we've talked about Brady, let's talk about the other quarterback in this game, Matthew Stafford, because I feel he deserves some credit. There's been a lot of criticism of Matthew Stafford in the past about how he kind of doesn't play well in the big moments. Before this season, he never had a playoff win, but now he's got two of them against two pretty good teams. He just beat Tom Brady on the road, and I thought really played a pretty incredible game. Over 300 yards, two touchdown passes. I mentioned that incredible game-winning drive, and if Matthew Stafford keeps playing this well, he can really reshape his legacy because now he has a home game against the 49ers coming up, which we're going to predict. If he wins that game and goes to the Super Bowl and wins that game, that's going to completely change the narrative about Matthew Stafford. And I think he has the potential to do this because the way he is playing right now is really incredible. I really did not expect him to be this great. Yeah, he wasn't great to end the year. He had a rough stretch. He was throwing a lot of picks to end the year. But then, boom, playoffs hit, and he just flipped a switch. And he's played great these past two games. I mean, zero picks, um, 9.6 yards per attempt this past game. That's amazing. And against one of the best defenses in the league that gets after him uh, with pass rush, I mean, they've got Indominus Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Vita Vea. I mean, this is a great team that he was facing, and he just picked them apart. Uh, I mean, he's definitely a great quarterback. If he can get a win uh, this upcoming week, he will be cemented as one of the great quarterbacks. I think we also, beyond Matt Stafford, also have to give credit to Sean McVay because what he's been able to do with Matt Stafford has been pretty phenomenal. In the first half, the Rams were really unstoppable on offense against the Buccaneers. And I think one of the most important things Sean McVay did was at the end of the game, because a lot of coaches in the NFL with about 40 seconds left would have just snout the ball and gone for overtime and played it safe. But Sean McVay said, no, if we go to overtime, we're going to lose this game to Tom Brady. We need to score right now. He put his trust in Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford delivered so kudos to Sean McVay and kudos to the Rams who have really built a truly phenomenal roster. I mean, not only their offense is incredible, but also their defense. Von Miller looks like the Von Miller of six years ago when he won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. They are a really scary team moving forward. So now let's talk about the other NFC game. Really one of the biggest surprises in recent playoff memory, the San Francisco 49ers upset the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. It was a low-scoring game. It was 13-10. to 10. Neither of the quarterbacks played particularly well. San Francisco is the first team in NFL history to win a game with only scoring a special teams touchdown. I mean, this was a complete shock to almost everybody. What did you think about this well, game? Well, you know, guess who called this game as a win for the 49ers? Against all odds, oh wait, it was me, I know. I'm one of the smartest minds. 
in NFL history. Okay, you can thank me later. But yeah, I mean, this Niners team, they they didn't really play that well, if we're being honest. Their defense played well. Offense uh, did just well enough to win the game. Kyle Juzicek, as you all know, my favorite player, did great. He had a big first down run, very rare out of the fullback uh, position. Um, but yeah, Jimmy G, he didn't play terrible, I guess. Like, I mean, he, was, good. he was pretty bad, though. I mean, okay, but he only threw the ball 20 times. Not even. So, if you were expecting a lot from Jimmy G in this game, uh, I don't know what you were thinking, but they did good, just good enough to win. The Packers, though, they their offense wasn't doing that bad, but then they just got sacked so many times. It's hard to get yourself out of those holes, and they just, they just couldn't seem to find the end zone. Yeah, I mean, beyond the first drive where the Packers really scored, and I think a lot of people thought once the Packers scored, they were going to blow the 49ers out of the water. The Packers only scored three points. And a lot of people have been blaming the special teams for allowing both a blocked punt, which was returned for a touchdown, and a blocked field goal, which ultimately cost them the game since they lost by three points. But I think that a significant amount of blame also needs to fall on Aaron Rodgers because it's not like Aaron Rodgers chokes in the playoffs. I think we can all agree he's solid in the playoffs. He's not terrible. He's not like James Harden-esque in the playoffs. But at the same time, he's not MVP Aaron Rodgers. Every single time the playoffs rolled around, the Packers look great. They have the number one seed. They have the number two seed. They have a great offense, a great defense, and Aaron Rodgers playing phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, he has to play against some pretty good teams in the big moments. And it's not that he's terrible, but he's not as great as he usually is in the regular season. In this game, he barely had 200 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns. And beyond Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, he only threw the ball very few times to the other receivers. In fact, I think the other Packers receivers beyond Devontae Adams had a combined seven yards in this game. I think this just shows the fact that Aaron Rodgers needs to take more risks in these moments. Obviously, he's renowned for his ability to keep the ball safe and not throw interceptions. But sometimes in the playoffs, when you're going up against great teams, you need to take risks. You need to throw the ball down the field. You need to trust one of your other receivers, like Alan Lazard, to make a play. You can't keep counting on checkdowns to Aaron Jones or slant rounds to Devontae Adams because the playoffs are a different animal. You're not playing against Detroit anymore. You're not playing against Chicago anymore. These are the games where you really have to make a difference, where you can secure your legacy as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Aaron Rodgers just can't seem to find a way to elevate his game in the playoffs. He's not terrible, but he's not great either. And now let's talk about the first game that happened this weekend, which feels like it happened four weeks ago because of how amazing the other games were. The Bengals played the Titans in Tennessee and shot the world by beating the AFC's number one seed by a score of 19 to 16. What were your thoughts on this? Game? I mean, I don't really know if they shocked the world. Tennessee was, was kind of known to be not, not that great for a number one seed, had a pretty, pretty easy schedule going into the year. Um, but yeah, this team, the Bengals, Joe Burrow really played great, whereas O-line did not. 
Um, I mean, they gave up nine sacks and couldn't really run the ball that effectively. Joe Mixon broke off one big uh, chunk play uh, run that really, like, bumped up his average. Other than that, they weren't doing so great on the ground game. But through the air, Joe Burrow was slinging the rock all over the yard, uh, playing great, even though he was in, you know, second and long, third and long situations because of his offensive line, just giving up tons of sacks. Yeah, I mean, this game really made no sense. The fact that the Bengals won while allowing nine sacks, which was an NFL record for a team who wins an NFL playoff game. The fact that the the Bengals couldn't get the run game going. The fact that they only scored 19 points. The fact that Joe Burrow did not have a touchdown. The fact that they played in Tennessee against the number one seed and still won is absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything like that where if you just look at the box score, you would say, how in the world did the Bengals win? And I think it was one of two factors which played a huge role. One was Joe Burrow's composure and incredible play in the big moments. I'm thinking of the play to Jamar Chase on the final drive where he puts the Bengals in field goal range to win the game, and he was constantly harassed. Burrow was constantly getting hit, constantly getting sacked, and yet he never seemed to be phased by what he was facing. He never seemed to be phased by the big moment and the pressure of that moment. He kept his cool. He didn't check the ball down or play it safe like a certain other quarterback this weekend. He went for the game. He stayed in the pocket, made big, deep throws, and that's why the Bengals are moving on. But also, the Titans were really disappointing. I know you have some thoughts about how Ryan Tannehill played. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill just – I mean, if he doesn't throw one of those three interceptions, this game is very winnable for Tennessee. And he just – I mean, he had two weeks to prepare for this game and still just could not uh, figure out this defense. He wasn't throwing well. And that's also a little bit on the run game that they usually lean on a lot more, use a lot of play action. It just wasn't getting off the ground. Uh, Derrick Henry wasn't finding holes. He wasn't running people over, getting five, six, seven yards of carry every time. Um, So, yeah, but Ryan Tannehill really has to step up when his run game isn't doing so well. Or else, like, you know, you're not really a, a playoff caliber quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the def- definitely the Titans need to reconsider whether Ryan Tannehill is the future of their franchise. Now, let's move on now to the championship games. Let's predict those games. First, we have the Bengals at Kansas City. It's the fourth year in a row where the Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are huge favorites given how well they played and especially how well Patrick Mahomes played on Sunday against the Bills. Who do you have winning this game? Yeah, I, I really love to go with the Bengals, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Their offense is just on a roll. They're going to be able to score just as quick as the Bengals are, and their defense, uh, I feel like it's far better. Their O-line is a lot better than the Bengals, and I think that's what really puts them over the top because these two quarterbacks, I mean, Joe Burrow, he's been amazing in the playoffs, very Patrick Mahomes-esque, where he's just throwing the ball all over the yard uh, and just making defenses, like, unable to stop him. Yeah, I have to agree with you here. I think that even though the Bengals have played really well, this is where their playoff run ends because the Chiefs are a juggernaut. 
and I don't think anyone can stop them anymore. While I was watching that game on Sunday against the Bills, I was thinking whoever won this game is going to the Super Bowl, and whoever wins this game may win the Super Bowl because I truly believe that those were the two best teams in the NFL, and now that the Chiefs have overcome the Buffalo Bills, I don't think there's anyone who can stop them. Mahomes is on a different level right now. Even though they do have some weaknesses in the secondary, I still think the Chiefs defense will be able to stop Joe Burrow enough times to limit how much the Bengals can score. And ultimately, I think this is just a total mismatch. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I don't think it's going to be close. And I think the Chiefs are moving on to their third straight Super Bowl. Now for the other game this weekend, the Rams play the 49ers in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, which will also be the host for the Super Bowl. So if the Rams win, they will become it will be back-to-back years where a team is playing in the Super Bowl at home. A lot of people think the Rams are huge favorites, but I think it is worth mentioning that the last six times the Rams have played the 49ers, the 49ers have won every single time. So in one in some ways, the 49ers are kind of the Rams kryptonite. Given all that, who do you think is going to win? Yeah, it does seem like the 49ers have been the Rams kryptonite in uh, this previous season and in past years. And, you know, I stuck with the 49ers last week against all odds. And I'm going to stick with them again this week. This run game, especially when they get out of the cold, is going to get into a nice dome in Southern California, is going to be firing on all cylinders. Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell are going to be running the ball uh, very effectively. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to use the play-action game to take advantage of the Rams' secondary. And I think that they'll score just enough to get them an edge and let that defense get after Matthew Stafford. And they'll win this game by, like, three. I think that the Rams are going to win this game. And the biggest reason why is that the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. And after how poorly he played. Hey, look, you said that last week. I did. And guess what? I did say that last week. But I think that at some point, they can't keep getting lucky. They can't keep relying on other parts of their team. At some point, it comes down to the quarterback. Which team has a better quarterback? Which quarterback can make the biggest throws in the biggest moments? I think Matthew Stafford is a much, much better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's going to show, that's going to be very clear on Sunday. I think the Rams are going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout for all the reasons you said. I think the 49ers will be able to run the ball and their defense will play great. But I just can't envision Jimmy Garoppolo winning again. I know I said that last week, but at some point it has to be over the, the football gods have to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, please, two years ago, we two cannot years ago, watch they him. made the Super Bowl right, with Jimmy G. Please, we cannot watch Jimmy Garoppolo in another Super Bowl. For the sake of football, I think that the football gods will have the Rams win this game. Also, the Rams are just a better team overall. I think they have more talent. I think they prove that against the Buccaneers. So that's why I think the Rams will go to the Super Bowl and face the Chiefs. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. Make sure to stay tuned for both games this week. They should be both highly entertaining. Hopefully, we'll follow up greatly from this incredible weekend we just had and we just witnessed. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast 
on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast if you haven't done so already. And stay tuned for our episode next week. Thanks and goodbye.